You're listening to the free preview episode of On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. To hear the entire episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Karen Geyer, K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R, and sign up. It's only $5 for the entire series. This is On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. Season 2, Episode 17, Glenn Washington and Heaven's Gate. Hello? Yes, um, I need to uh, report uh, an anonymous tip. Who do I talk to? Okay, this is regarding what? This is regarding a mass suicide, and I can give you the address. The address seemed the unlikeliest of places, a mansion in a quiet, affluent suburb of San Diego. I have a a gagging reflex with smells, so I wanted to take care of that, so I put cologne on my shirt and put my shirt over my nose. Rio D'Angelo was the first one to discover the bodies and called 911. 21 women and 18 men had taken their own lives. Must have been a lot to take in. It was a lot to take in. It was disturbing because I'm, I'm yelling for people to see if they're still alive, and I'm also saying goodbye as I walk through. It may have been a shock, but D'Angelo had an idea of what to expect. He'd been one of them. In his earlier life, Rio D'Angelo had been Richard Ford. After going through a divorce, he felt lost and was looking for a spiritual path. They intrigued me in a way that was like nothing else. They called themselves Heaven's Gate, A cult started in the 70s by a man named Marshall Applewhite, who later called himself Doe. Let me say that our mission here at this time is about to come to a close. Doe told his followers the earth is simply a garden to grow souls, and he could teach them how by following his strict regimen. All aspects of life were regulated, including what books they could read and what TV shows they could watch. Once the soul is developed, it's time to exit. To outsiders, that meant committing suicide. But to them, it meant moving on to a more developed kingdom. A spaceship or UFO, he told the group, would pick up their souls and take them to begin their new lives. The news item that you were just listening to refers to March 26, 1997, the date that the Heaven's Gate cult members who had left their bodies behind were discovered. It was perhaps one of the most inescapable news items of 1997. Some people were quite haunted by that story. One of them is Glenn Washington, who decided to conduct an eight-part podcast interviewing surviving members of Heaven's Gate, people who were directly related to T and Doe, and other experts who have been left behind. Here to discuss not only putting together the Heaven's Gate podcast, but his own experiences growing up in a cult, is Glenn Washington, the host of Snap Judgment. Welcome, Glenn. Glenn, the number one question I get asked about my podcast is probably the same that you get asked about the Heaven's Gate podcast. Why did you get into it? What interested you about the subject matter? The reason why Heaven's Gate appealed to me as a as kind of long-form story, first of all, everybody's interested in you know, and cults and secret societies and things of this nature. 
But uh, I did feel like I had a closer connection to it in that I grew up in one of those organizations. I grew up in an apocalyptic end of days Christian cult. And, and when I first heard about Heaven's Gate, I was in Detroit and saw this footage of um, these people in like seemed like some sort of hazmat suits and they were um, around this mansion in San Diego and everyone was like, oh, these crazy people, they did this, they did that. And I, I certainly had some of that reaction, but my other reaction was, oh my God, you know, that could have been us, which I think is maybe a little bit different from, it was certainly a lot different than the people who I was with at the time. They just kind of looked at it Everyone was intensely interested for a few moments, but then people went about their business. But I just kept being, I kept thinking about that. What would it have taken for um, one? What it would have been a very, very easy turn for me to imagine the television cameras at one of our events had something gone horribly wrong. It'd been, it, it was very, very easy for me to imagine that. And so I guess I saw a lot of us, uh, a lot of what I grew up in, I saw a lot of it, the story being replayed in a different way. And it made me really intensely curious about what happened. Really because, I, I, you know, like you said, I wanted to figure out why my group wasn't in a San Diego mansion being hauled out in body bags. For those listening who might not remember, what can you tell me about the belief system of Heaven's Gate? And what was Heaven's Gate? Heaven's Gate was a organization. It was founded by two people, but near the end, one of those people died during the course of their history. And near the end was being led by a single person. And the kind of signature doctrine near the end was that they were waiting to be taken to a next level by some aliens who were in a ship behind the uh, Hale-Bopp comet. And they time their own suicides to meet that intelligence and be taken away. And that, that's the kind of, that's in a nutshell, that's what the Heaven's Gate that's that's the that's what people know of Heaven's Gate when they think of Heaven's Gate in a in a very very sort of short sort of summary. A lot of people might not realize that Heaven's Gate started in 1974, and that Bonnie and Marshall traveled up and down the East Coast, leafleting and talking to people and trying to get people into a room to come around to their ideas. Did it surprise you just how far back everything went? I was surprised, and um, I was surprised that, you know, the doctrines were not as exotic early on as maybe they came to be later. It was kind of an amalgam of Christianity and Buddhism and some other ideas thrown in, but, and there was certainly, though, did not seem to be any sort of um, uh, impetus towards suicide or anything of that. It wasn't a death cult um, early on. And, you know, in Heaven's Gate itself, you know, there's thousands of people who have shuffled through or been attached to one way or another what eventually became known as Heaven's Gate. And they weren't in that mansion 
in San Diego where everyone ended their lives. It had been shrinking to some degree. And especially after the passing of one of the founders. So the organization just went through a lot of different phases. And before getting to, you know, people in, in that in that mansion and each of those phases kind of interesting in its own sense. And I will say they were all marked by a, a type of um, extremism. And this is what was so hard to when you learn the people's personal stories who are associated with this group, these aren't bad people. They aren't necessarily even what you would call some, um, the, the, you know, wild eyed, crazy people. What marked them for me more than anything was their sincerity, that these were seekers, that these are people who wanted to make the world a better place in some ways. And they, and then people who were very, very, dedicated to their belief systems and in a a way that you know a lot of people who of faith whatever that faith may be seem to mirror and you know you see the tapes of some of the people who made they made before the their final action and those tapes are not sad they are almost giddy to be doing what they're doing, which is very, very different than you might imagine sort of the final moments of anyone in a death cult. They're fulfilling something and they're lucid about it and they're, and they're, um, and they're finding community with that group. And I think that community, wow, that the, the way that, you know, you see the impact of having a community of like-minded people in the same room can convince people to do things that you might they might find unimaginable alone. The people who were followers of Heaven's Gate were smart, accomplished, professional people. We've talked about this many times on the show, and cult deprogrammer Ted Patrick famously said that you can't brainwash a stupid or incurious person. Because of your own history, you must have known that partially going in. Yeah, I was kind of prepped for this. And I, I you know, it's interesting, you know, people, everyone come, comes at this from a different way. But it seems like what, what oftentimes will happen is they start off with something that you know or that you're familiar with. They use that as a grounding, as a base, and then they take you somewhere else with it. Like a lot of people, um, in a sort of an you know an American Christian sense, are somewhat familiar with the book of Revelations. And they and T and Doe will oftentimes would speak to themselves or refer to themselves as the two witnesses described in the book of Revelations. And that might be grounding for someone who has been, you know, maybe puzzling over the Bible. And, and, you know, these are, you know, people who are obviously reading the Bible are and into that type of um, depth. These are, they're, they're not illiterate. They're not unfamiliar with, um, with the, with the religion. And, And they might be dissatisfied with what they're finding, but that does not necessarily mark them as being, and they actively feel that there is something missing in their own lives or in their own communities. Um, you'd almost argue that you'd be that those people are. If you find that your community has some um, 
and, and a, a stain on it in a modern American sense, well, you are not alone in that. You wouldn't be the first person to to diagnose that. And these people, like others before them, um, came through with something approaching an answer for something. In the podcast, you go into pretty deep detail about the biblical prophecy of the two witnesses. That is the cornerstone of the Heaven's Gate belief system. It's also a cornerstone of many evangelical groups. It's also the cornerstone of some very famous sects like Jehovah's Witnesses. Do you think having a scriptural basis for the overall belief system of Heaven's Gate helped to ground it and help to give it a backbone by which people could understand it better? At the end of the day, I don't know why anyone believes anything, truly. And, and I say that, I don't know why Heaven's Gate people believe what they believe. I don't know why Trump Nation believes what it believes. I don't know why, you know, we just celebrated a holiday marking an anniversary of a virgin birth. Again, why anyone believes anything, I just, I don't know. And that's both freeing and potentially scary that people believe these various things. I don't think that, what I will say is this, the belief system itself, I don't find it to be any more crazy than any other belief system. The, the problem is what you do with it. And for a lot of time, people, what they were doing with it would go and meditate or whatever and do that. And that was okay. The problem, of course, becomes when, when you got to cut off your relationships and you have to cut off you know, your, your life path and you can't talk to your parents. And then finally you, you end up in a situation where you've, you've, you've done a, a, a terrible, terrible act. I would just, I would just posit that that, that the belief system, lots of people believe a lot of crazy things. What did they do? That's the big deal. And, and I think that that needs to be more examined. Like, why, why are they doing this? And it seems to me when you, have, when you have such a tight group, a tight community, and, this, and one, one of these, just one person, one leader decides he's done, then unfortunately maybe he's going to take some people with him. To unlock the rest of this episode, visit patreon.com forward slash K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R. It's only $5 to unlock over 20 hours of content.